It's time to swing into the golf world of today with Springdale Golf Live on Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Sponsored by TaylorMade and the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Now, here's your host, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Members, friends, and players, good afternoon. It's time for Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun, and I'll be here entertaining you on this Friday afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. You know you all can just listen anywhere at that 920thejersey.com. You just hit that listen now button in the upper right-hand corner. But for right now, it's Friday afternoon. Let's roll. Yeah, running down a dream that never would come to me. You know, it's sunny out this afternoon. I'm in a great mood because the sun is out. It's going to be a beautiful weekend for January. It's going to hit, like, record temperatures there, Wade Weezer on the board. So what's your mood on this Friday afternoon? Just like you said, sunny. Yes, man. It's it's uh, it's always sunny in Princeton. We should we should try a show, Trademark maybe. that. Yeah, we should. We should. Well, hey, uh, thanks for the running down a dream and a little Tom Petty for our song of the week. And it's in honor of our guest today because he is an elite performance coach. He's one of Golf Magazine top 100 teachers. He's an author and he's here live with us. His name's Sean Humphreys and Sean, welcome to Springdale Golf Live. How are you today? Hey, what's happening guys? Thanks for having me on today. Well, you know what? It is on our honor and privilege to have you because, you know, our, our performance might have been lacking a little bit lately. So we needed to bring on a performance coach in order to kind of, uh, you know, make sure we're ready for 2020 here. But no, in all seriousness, yeah, I mean, let's just get let's just get it out there on the table because you have a very, very interesting job. And it, it sounds kind of routine to, to someone like myself, who's a PGA professional and who's you know spent their life in the golf industry. But, you know, I mean, you're a golf magazine top 100 coach but yet you know it doesn't really fall into the classic definition of what my listeners might think of as a golf coach so tell me a little bit about what it is you do now it's you know you're kind of spot on with that keith i'm a pretty unconventional cat and so what i do is i teach and train and coach people to learn how to think and control their thoughts in stressful situations I teach and train and coach them how to train in their sport for high-stakes situations, and then I teach them how to reinforce that grows their self-image so it becomes like them to do something that they've never done before. So, all right, you said it yourself. So you're an unconventional thinker in your approach here, and you're being very innovative, and I I love where this is at. And and when we got connected, I I had to have you on the show because when we're always talking about the pop culture of sports, and especially golf, these are the types of people I love to bring on the show and you know, kind of engage my audience with. So obviously there's a path that got you to putting your mind in, you know, in this framework, right? So I'm, I'm curious, what was the pivot moment you know, along the way? Because I, you started out as a traditional golf instructor, and now you are here as you know, a golf performance, you know, with, with your elite performance systems coach, right? So you know, there's a famous saying, you know, the teacher appears when the student is ready. Like, was there a mentor along the way? How did, how did you come up with all of this? You know, that's a, that's a great question, Keith. And so... I did. I was, it was pretty conventional the way I came up. I became a very good technical coach. And, but what I found is, is that in our sport of golf, 
we were not preparing our athletes for high stakes situations and in, in training our athletes and teaching them how to train. And, and not only that, but how to control their thoughts and give them a mindset program. But they were doing it in every other sport. They're doing it football, baseball, basketball, volleyball, lacrosse, all the Olympic sports, of course. And, but it wasn't happening in golf. And so I really got sick and tired of being sick and tired because I wasn't getting that. You know what I did? I stepped out and I went into the NFL. And Bill Parcells, I met Bill in the early 2000s, and he was the one that brought me into the NFL. And, man, that's when I really started learning how athletes train for stressful situations. And, man, then then from there I went to – I spent four or five years with him, Sean Payton, the late Tony Sperano, Mike Zimmer, Todd Haley. Started bringing those concepts back to my academy. Performance started flying off the handle. And I didn't even know what performance was. I'd have players win all around the world, and I couldn't tell you why they won. I couldn't even tell you why they lost. And and then I spent 10 years at the Olympic level, and, man, performance really started showing up, and I really started understanding what performance truly is. All right, so let me jump in here there, because you bring up a couple things that already has given me a couple of questions. What did you notice that was different? Because, you know, I was brought up in the traditional PGA teaching model that everyone has, and I'm not picking on the PGA there, but the typical golf instructor model, the mentor-apprentice, and all of a sudden you said you went into this different arena, this different vertical of football, and you learned and you saw something different. What was different? Well, the biggest piece when it comes down to training is that their training has higher consequences than the competition, hands down. And I never saw that in golf. And I never got it myself. And, and that was the big piece, that's a big piece that was missing, is that when we train, we don't even begin to try to replicate what a competition is, let alone it having higher consequences than the competition. That's a huge piece. Okay, so a lot of my listeners are golfers. Now take me through this, right? So you, you, you've had this pivot moment as you went out and you learned about performance and what truly performance is. Now, how did you bring back those concepts to your academy? And then, you know, take, take me through that step first, right? How did you start to transition the academy? Yeah, so when I started building the academy back in 2000, um, it was, you know, I was, we were making some progress. But I knew some things were missing, and that's when I went into the NFL, and and I started bringing these concepts back. Everything was defined. It was measured. It was timed. There was nothing that was randomly or aimlessly done. We there's the model. Then once I once I spent the four or five years, almost five years there. Then I went to the Olympic level and spent ten years at the Olympic level, and I brought down their Olympic training model, the mindset model, the training model. So everything is defined. So what you see right now in traditional golf, everyone works on the technical piece. And they just kind of stop there and say, okay, now go work on it. Well, the athlete doesn't know what to work on. All they're going to do is sit there and work on the technical piece over and over again. And then when they get to the golf course, you know, they expect it to work. The problem is, is that they didn't test it. They didn't say, okay, this is what I'm going to train on for feel. Now I'm going to test it with executing a shot. Now I'm going to test it again to replicate a golf course environment. Then I'm going to test it again under a very stressful situation 
higher than competition. That's the model. That's kind of a, the layman terms of a mod, the model that they use at the Olympic level. Everything's broken down and separated to build and to graduate and grow your self-image so it becomes like you to do something that you haven't done before. And I'm telling you, the athletes love it because it allows them to build strategies, make confident decisions separate from their natural ability, and pull the trigger. And, you know, that's what they do at the Olympic level that's better than anybody. Well, one thing's for sure is that, unfortunately, golf has traditionally been a lot of late adopters. But other industries all have performance coaches of different levels and with different expertise. And, folks, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Sean Humphreys, and he is a golf performance coach, Golf Magazine Top 100. One of the cool things I was, you know, the Fox Sports guys came up with about you is that you've taught on five of the seven continents, Sean. So I'm, I'm going <laughs> to say that Antarctica is one that you're missing. But what's the other one that you're missing? Oh my God! You caught me on a blank there. Um, you know, I didn't. I didn't teach in Asia. There you go. All right. So no. Yeah. Well, so no Asia of all of them. So you have you have Africa, yeah. the Americas. I mean, that's cool. You know, twelve different countries. Yeah. Your bio, thirty years of teaching. I mean, you're an impressive guy. And the data that you have supporting what it is that you're doing and the results. And folks, you got to go to Sean's website. And Sean, what's the website for me again? Yeah, it's SeanHumphreys.com. Okay, so go to SeanHumphreys.com, and you look at the testimonials of the people that Sean has worked with and the results that he's getting, and it's just amazing stuff. So talk to me about this in particular, your elite performance systems that you've developed there, and you're working with a lot of different colleges and high school students. Um, take, me, take, me about some, take me through some of this really exciting work that you're doing with juniors. Yeah, so I, when I built this system, it took me 17 years to build this system. So I took the stuff from the NFL, 10 years at the Olympic level, and so I built this system called EPS, Elite Performance Systems, Mastering How You Think, Train, and Perform. And once I really started getting things rinsed through, uh, in our academy, we, run, we won over 1,500 titles. 100% of our graduating seniors were offered scholarships. The last five years, I rolled it out to the university space. Now we have over 25 universities around the country that are running this systems. We're even in multiple sports now, working in the NFL and Major League Baseball. But what's interesting about this is, is that it allows the athlete to have everything that's defined, measured, and time for them. They don't ever have to randomly or ever aimlessly go about anything ever again. Everything is laid out. Imagine that if, you, if someone handed you a blueprint and they said, follow this, and this is going to be based on what your goals are, you have an 80% chance of success. Well, you know what? I, I highly doubt that anyone has an 80% chance of success in golf without great coaching and so, wow, I mean, that, that's just a tremendous number. That's a powerful number. So you're telling me that if I, if I go through your program, all right, not to put you on the spot here, but if I go through your program, and I'm a scratch golfer, I'm a PGA professional club pro here at Springdale Golf Club in Princeton, New Jersey, right? If I come and start using your, um, your uh, Elite Performance Systems program, right, and I go and I follow it and I use your blueprint, I, can, I have an 80% success rate for reaching my goals. There's no doubt. So last year, we started our college onboarding program. And so what I did is I took all the incoming freshmen that were going to the universities. 
and we put them into this EPS training program because the coaches can't do anything with them. So I got to train with these athletes for nine months, and we had 20 athletes. They trained for nine months, and then they went through the gates to the school. They've already got almost one year under their belt of training in EPS. All 20 of the kids made the starting varsity squad. Five of the kids went to one university, okay? They knocked off all the upperclassmen. All five of these kids started. They won the first four college events of the year. They won five of the eight in the fall. They moved to number one in the country. One of the girls on the team that I was working with, her personal best was 76 when I got her. When she finished in the program, she had finished her last event. She shot 71, 64, 73, won the event by 13 shots, grew her self-image. She won the first four college events that she played in on that same team of those other four girls. She moved to the number one player in the country in Division Three. She shot under par 10 times. All right. Well, you had me at hello here. So, I mean, you've got my attention, Sean. I mean, this stuff is phenomenal, folks. And it is. And you it's heard him great. earlier. You hey, go let to... me tell you this: is that if I would have had this when I was playing professionally, dude, we wouldn't be having this conversation. <laughs> well, we might if you were nice enough still well, to come on my be, show, but we'd be having a different be conversation. Winner on the tour, right? Well, I, you know, I, I, it would be very nice if if you were a multiple tour winner and come on the show, like some guys like we've had uh, Andrew McGee but, and. Fred Funk, oh yeah, you know, absolutely. but but you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that things happen for you and not to you. Well, I like, I like the way you worded that. That was great. So, uh, real quick, okay, so we're in an Olympics year, and you keep bringing up the Olympics. I'm training for something for three and a half years, right? And we got about six months to go until the Olympics are going to happen. Um, how are these athletes now ramping up into this moment? And when we watch the Olympics, when my fans of the show watch the Olympics, are there certain like precursors we can look for with certain athletes, or are there people that are that you've been working with that you could tell us to keep an eye out for that are going to perf- outperform? their competition yeah there's one thing that they're doing right now they ha- they are what we call preloading the event right now leading up right now all they're doing is is trusting and committing that's all they're doing right now and they're doing they've done all the hard work they've done all the dirty work and now all they're doing is doing trust and committing. that's the difference between ultra elite athletes and amateurs amateurs over try and over trying has caused more good competitors to lose competition than any other form of, of, of mental of the mental aspect and so they're just trusting and committing and they're preloading it so they're rehearsing their event every day in their mind from start to finish of them winning the goal they're imprinting it over and over and that's these are one of the techniques that we work with with these kids is that it only grows your self-image to where it becomes like you to do it. Now, one thing that you can look for when watching the Olympics, when these athletes are getting ready to perform, you may see them kind of warming up or getting ready to get in the starting blocks or getting ready to perform a, a dance or a routine in, in gymnastics. And be offside, you may see the athlete yawn really big and maybe do it two or three times. That's a technique that releases pressure and tension, and, and it gets really tied up in the jaw area, and you'll see them yawn, and it releases all that tension from the brain, and, man, it really relaxes them. So 
announcers might say, I mean, they're yawning. Oh, my God, they must have stayed up late last night. It's actually a technique that they use to release tension. And I, I encourage it all the time. How cool is that? I'm going to be looking for that. That, that is, uh, yeah, it is. I love it's the little cool uh, look behind the curtain there. That's, uh, that, that, that's a cool secret. For, thank you for sharing for that. And you know what, folks? If you're just joining us, we have Sean Humphreys on here, elite golf performance coach, a performance coach in all arenas. He works with universities, 25 different universities, NFL, Major League Baseball. And uh, But there's one thing. We're, we're going to put your performance coaching to the test here, and we're going to see if you're ready to trust and commit rather than over try because we have a tradition here it. we have a tradition Bring here it. on springdale golf live and it's called the rapid fire q a and um we're known for this because our, our fans and listeners of the show just just they like to get to know our they like to get to know sean Humphreys on a little bit more of a personal level <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna hit you with a couple questions here before we uh before we head into break so you up for this all right throw the curveballs man all right here trust and commit your words okay here we go do you prefer sunrises or sunsets Sunrise. Favorite all-time Olympic athlete? Um, Mark Spitz. Great one. Swimmer. Awesome. All right. What is the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? I start stretching. All right. One place you would love to travel for vacation? Um, the South Pacific. On a scale of 1 to 10, rate your tech savvy. My tech? Tech, tech. savvy? Yeah, like technology. Um, I'd say it's probably a 7. Good score. Most interesting person you have taught? Clint Eastwood. Oh, wow, Dirty Harry. Yeah. Oh, wow. We, we, you're going to have to come back. I, I got questions Make about that. Make my day, baby. Hey, you're making my day right now. All right. <laughs> if you could be a musician in any band, who would you choose? Man, a musician in any band. Dude, I'd want to play with Clapton. All right, what, intru- what instrument would you play with him? Oh, I'd, I'd play second lead, man. All right. <laughs> he had second for sure with Clapton. All right. <laughs> oh, my God, absolutely. <laughs> What'd you have for lunch today? Oh, I had a, you're going to die. I had a Brussels sprout, bean sprout, and asparagus sandwich well i'm sure that works better for you than me (laughs) all right one last one to go here when you hear the word champion who is the first person that comes to mind right now in my life uh it's the saints it's part it's uh sean payton well, you know, unfortunately, they didn't go marching in, but hey. No, they didn't. I appreciate, right. Sean, you coming and marching into Springdale Golf Live today. You've been a tremendous guest. I can't thank you enough. Some of these insights, man, we got to have you back because we're going to make you a friend of the show because, I mean, you, Love it. you've created so many questions in my mind, uh, but I got to head to break. So I appreciate you coming on. You were a fantastic guest. You have a great uh, um, rest of your day and enjoy your weekend. And um, hopefully you guys get some good weather down there like we're getting in uh, New Jersey this weekend. You guys do the same. Thanks again for having me on, and I look forward to doing it again. All right. Take care, Sean. Well, there you go, Wade. Here comes Tom Petty, so that must mean it's 3.19 p.m. here in Princeton. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 920 The Jersey. We'll be back in a moment with a little tribute to a man who defined the modern landscape of golf.
The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the NJPA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming under the guidance of PGA professionals so individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. To support the NJGF or learn more about programs and special events, visit njgolffoundation.org. That's njgolffoundation.org. Rich and distinguished history for nearly 125 years, Springdale Golf Club and its members have been beautifully making their mark as the best golf and social experience in our region. Our impact in the industry does not stop there. Did you know about the benefits that extend beyond the boundaries of the club through its agreement with Troon Purvey, the private club operating division of Troon Golf Management? Springdale's walkable and superbly conditioned William Flynn design course, now combined with Troon's operational expertise, are taking the club to the next level in our commitments to the member experience. Just announced as a significant expansion to the Troon Purvey Privileges Program. This Vanguard service initiative includes enhanced golf and lifestyle benefits that extend far beyond the fairways. For more information about our club and all the incredible moments being made at Springdale Golf Club and through Troon Purvey, please take a visit of our website at www.springdalegc.org forward slash Troon Purvey. Let's get back on course as Springdale Golf Live continues on Fox Sports 920 The Jersey. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun. You're listening to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. little rock and roll from the doobies here. Great interview there with Sean Humphreys, performance coach. And uh, Wade, let's keep the mood going on this Friday. Turn it up. Let the music play. Little second song of the week there by the Doobie Brothers. Listen to the music, and uh, you know it—it's uh, so nice that it's sunny out and a Friday in January, and it's got us in a really good mood. And uh, I attribute the sun coming out to a very, very special man. You're really running with the song today, aren't you? I wanted to get to the hook, you know. Oh, hey, whoa, whoa! All right, fine, fine. You're in a good mood. Go for it. Turning it down now. You know, I get a lot of feedback on social media, and that's at, at KJPGA on Instagram and Twitter. And people love not only when you, you know, talk and, you know, you, you throw in some jokes there from time to time, you okay. know, like about exotic um, meals or whatever, like from last week. So, sure. you know, but uh, when you have a little fun with the music, everybody appreciates that. So thanks for doing that today. It's about the fun. Oh man, I'm the director it's not of fun. A serious show, I mean, please. yes, you know, and uh, as the director of fun, I mean, you you being the man on the board, Mr. Wade Weezer, and uh, just taking control of things week in and week out. You know, this is episode number ninety one. Wow, you know, we're approaching you know a lot uh, nine more, and we're going to be at a hundred. Get you a cake or something. You know, I'm not. Yeah, let there be cake, right? Let them eat cake. Anyway, you know what? It was that was an odd. How about that? Uh, who is the most interesting person you have ever taught 
And he says Clint Eastwood. Yeah, like, oh, exactly. Clint Eastwood. Next Clint question. Eastwood. Yeah, sure. Oh, for you know. lunch? Wait a second. Back up. Who'd you have dinner with last night? Neil Armstrong. <laughs> That's all. Jesus. Whoever. You know, no, <laughs> nobody interesting. Uh, I mean, that, that guy was cool. I mean, he was locked in. I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, you know, many thanks to my friend Dave Waldman who hooked me up with him. And uh, uh, Sean, you know, he, he, I think he raised more questions in my mind than he answered. Agreed. So we gotta, we're going to have him come back I got at some, a lot, point. some NFL questions, too. He hung with some pretty cool NFL people. Yeah. Bill Parcells. Hello. I mean, he's a pretty popular guy around here. Which, by the way, I, I just got to go off on a quick tangent here. Did you hear Judge's press conference? The new. I did. Right? Did you hear? Man, what a master class mm-hmm. in public speaking that was. Oh, yeah. I'm a Giants fan, and he said everything that I wanted to hear. <laughs> but, I, I mean, mean it's, not easy, it's not hard to predict that, but, you know, it was still good stuff. But he said it in such a genuine way. It's polished. That's Belichick right there. Man, I tell you, I was impressed. I was impressed. And for somebody who runs their mouth for a living, I mean, it's like, I was really, I was super impressed. So, hey, kudos to the new head coach of the Giants. And, uh, you know, the the PGA Tour is back out there, out in uh, Hawaii at the Sony Open. And I just want to throw a big shout out to Alex Beach, who's been on this show. Alex is a local club professional up at Westchester Country Club. Uh, Used to be in the New Jersey section. Yesterday, he had a little bit of a rough day. He shot uh, 81, but uh, through seven holes today, he's already two under par, and he's getting his uh, PGA Tour legs under him. Uh, because he won last year the Club Pro National Championship, he gets like six PGA Tour starts, and this is his first one. So congratulations to Alex for being out there at the Sony Open, and good luck to him. And, uh, you know, I don't think he'll make the cut this time, but I, I know the experience will be a great value to him, and uh, we wish him the best out there. Uh, the folks leading out there right now, you got Ted Potter Jr. and Colin Marikawa. They're, they're, they're six hours behind us, so finish up work today, get home, have some dinner, turn it on to Golf Channel, and, uh, and enjoy a little golf. Um, a little bit of sad news, even with all this sun and good times that we're having today. A little bit of sad news in the golf industry last night. Um, we all found out that Pete Dye, the famous golf course architect, who is ninety, who, who was ninety-four years old, um, he passed away uh, yesterday, and uh, the whole golf world kind of mourns him not being here. And for those of you who are not, you know. You know, clear on who Pete Dye was or his impact he had on the game. He was probably one of the most bold golf course architects uh, and, and certainly the father or the mentor of all modern golf course architects. If you remember back at Thanksgiving, we had Gil Hance on. Gil Hance worked with a guy by the name of Tom Doak, and Tom Doak apprenticed under Pete Dye. Pete, um, just an amazing, amazing story. Ohio kid, won his high school state championship. At 18 years old, he goes to join um, the uh, Army in the Airborne Unit, and he's going to enlist, and it's World War II, and uh, he's going to go and, and and go over and serve. Um he, he finished serving, and he made it through all of that um, obligation, and then he got into golf course architecture, and we have just so many unique and interesting golf courses to thank Pete for. Um, none more treacherous than we see every March at the Players' Championship, the TPC at Sawgrass. And, uh, you know, everyone loves to say that Pete um, has the, you know, probably the most ominous Walk as you go walk up to the 17th hole, the par three, the 125 yard island green. But a lot of people don't know that that the design of that hole he was stuck on, and his wonderful wife Alice, who unfortunately passed away last February. So Pete's now joining Alice. Um, you know, married for 50 something years and everything. Um, up there in the heavens, in the uh, golf course in the heavens, and uh, um, they're having a tremendous time up there together. But uh, she was actually the one that uh, helped him design that particular 
Killer Hole, one of his most famous. But Teeth of the Dog, Crooked Stick, Harbor Town, Medalist, uh, where Tiger Woods practices and plays all the time. Uh, the Honors Golf Course. I mean, there's just so many to list. Over 100 for Pete Dye. Uh, we can't thank him enough for all that he's done. I mean, he's had an influence on Bill Corr, Tom Doak, who I mentioned, Bobby Weed, Jack Nicholas, um, Rod Whitman. You know, his sons, PB Dye and, and Perry Dye, will carry on his legacy. So, um, all of our thoughts and prayers from Springdale Golf Live and, and Springdale Golf Club and the membership go out to the Die family. And thank you, Pete, for terrorizing all of us golfers each and every time we tee it up on your golf course. It's a unique um, opportunity each time because you are certainly a master of visual deception. And uh, it, there's not much more I can say. And uh, along those lines... We are we're getting psyched up for next week's show, but before we do that, and I send you over to send uh, to Doug Gottlieb there back on my uh, Fox Sports partner, uh, my afternoon partner. Um, I got to thank my sponsors and certainly all of our supporters. Let's start with TaylorMade Golf, our new sponsor in 2020. Thanks to the guys at TaylorMade. Certainly, David Abley is the president there and their whole marketing team. New Jersey Golf Foundation, Chris Hunt, the executive director there. Summit Golf Brands, Chad, Jack, Billy, Trevor, the whole team there, uh, and their lines of Bdratty. Fairway and Green, Zero, EP New York, uh, certainly Jimmy over there in New York. I got a stylish belt on today, thanks to him and F.H. Wadsworth. Well, Wade Weezer, tremendous aplomb on the board today, my friend, as always. All right, thanks to my Springdale Board of Governors, Troon Golf Management, and welcome to Anthony at Springdale. He knows, and I bet he's listening. So, welcome to him, and most importantly, our listeners. I'm heading to Springdale, folks, but where are you headed? Well, let the tower be your guide. And from Princeton to Hawaii, and of course, everywhere online, may you all have a Springdale day. This has been Springdale Golf Live with Keith Stewart. Keith returns to the team next Friday afternoon at 3 on Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. We now return you to our regularly scheduled National Fox Sports 920 The Jersey programming already in progress.